0: We always do like a quick like test test, and Christy literally (laughs) sounded like this. You guys, it's been a rough week for both of us. It really has. We're both. It really has. You know, it's been rainy. The weather's been changing. We've been not feeling our best. We both. Daylight savings. Daylight savings. So rough. Christy's voice is now my octave. (laughs) (laughs) Welcomed. But this is exciting, you guys. We are in our new recording studio
1: <laughs> it's literally a closet it's not literally a
0: closet no
1: it's literally a closet okay
0: but like christy transformed it mm-hmm. go visit our insta stories because literally she put these like honeycomb sound things on the wall i don't even know where th- i just assume. do know if they're put, necessary i just assume she put like paper mm-hmm. like isn't that what you could do like packing peanuts like no i would, I would not one. do that but yes this happened
1: uh-huh. And we have a desk and a chair and a microphone. And also I'm Christy. Oh, <laughs> well, they knew that from your sick voice.
0: <laughs> and I'm Karen. And welcome to the, the Modern, Modern Principle, Principle Podcast. Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We're like right at the cusp because we can't get over that 500 listeners. We're like at 484. Like unique listeners? Yes. Whoa. I know. But like, can
1: you share this, guys, listening with like one friend so we can get over 500? Yeah, that would be really helpful. Woo. Um, so we were kind of talking about this week was a hard week, and I actually. Um, you, what, do so, you, you do, I do still sound like me s- sick? Nasally and low. Um, I. <laughs> I didn't feel well this week, and I ended up going home half day one day, and I slept for three, which is rare because which is rare. I haven't I haven't taken a single sick day this no. whole year, and um I took a three and a half hour nap, and then also slept for eleven hours that night, <laughs> and um during my nap I you know. I think we're probably all principles are the same like if you're out of the building like you feel terrible. Yes. And I was worried my secretary is the one who made me go home. She's like you're beat, you need to you need to go home. You've been taking care of everybody else. You need to go home and take care of you. So, I during my nap, I had this dream that my entire front office team was like ticked at me oh yeah like in my dream my secretary was screaming at me in front of parents my custodian (laughs) swatted all the papers out of my hands like and then my counselor was just super passive-aggressive and then I go back to work the next day and I'm like oh my god is everybody gonna be (laughs) where you're like were they
0: really mad at me me?" (laughs) I honestly have like one person a week tells me they've had a dream about me at work That's weird. And I'm usually Mm. mad at them or telling them they're (laughs) fired. And I'm always like, why are you thinking that?
1: Nobody tells me that. I wonder if they're keeping it to themselves. They probably are really
0: terrified of you.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we are glad you joined us again. That means you must be resonating with something we're telling you. Something? Something? Or you just are like, what is happening with this two?
1: (laughs) This is train wreck.
0: What is this? Okay, so we, as you know, those of you that are new to us, because someone shared this with you, um, we like to tackle a scenario each week Yep, and
1: um, kind of approach it from different... Avenues. We like to talk about like the scholar, which is the research and the experts behind it. Yeah, um, we s- try to do the work that you wish you could do, but as principals or leaders in buildings, you do not have time. Uh, yes, and then we also talk about systems because we both fully believe that you can have the best of intentions, but if you don't put systems in place, it'll you know those best intentions will never happen. And then what's the third piece, Karen? It is um, like your gut approach, which we have called because Chrissy loves alliteration, the soul,
0: <laughs> scholar, <laughs> systems. And and Karen likes to sing. I sing song everything. So here's here's our scenario for the week. Okay, so it comes from
1: what should we what should we call her? Oh, you've gotta change the name. Christina. Okay, Christina. It
0: comes from Christina and it's more of a it's more of a like a general topic of discussion. She asked if it's allowed. Yes, always allowed. So um, she's letting us know that she is a principal and she's really trying to think through her leadership team and so her lead team consistent um, right now includes grade level teams plus like different representatives from different areas and she just wants to know like she she's feeling like teams could use a revamp and I think in year five that probably feels pretty mm-hmm. authentic and she also she feels like she has the right people but she's not quite sure. She's using that team to its effectiveness. So she was act- asking us, like, what are, how do we measure effectiveness with our lead teams? And then are there any self-reflection tools um, with our lead team that we'd recommend?
1: So, Christina. Let us dig right in. We're we're both really passionate about shared leadership, Um, and I think we are both elementary principals with no assistant, and so an assistant principal. um, And I don't have currently have an instructional coach. Um, You do. You have an instructional coach. I do. But um, so we both have really really small like, official leadership teams, and yep. so we've had to both put, like, task forces and different teams in place to help share that load. Yeah,
0: and there's a lot of reasons why, obviously, you should um, have rely on your lead team. One of, like, the reasons that Christy was talking about was also if your district doesn't have assistant principals, teachers deserve a right to grow as leaders and showcase their leadership, yep. and our both of our leadership teams do get FaceTime with central office yep. more than um, just our other task forces and so it is a really nice opportunity to let some of your lead teachers that are looking to expand their impact shine but it also like this work is hard and so sharing um the load and the decision making is really important um but finally i think we talked about this on a podcast a couple weeks ago if you're going to start anything new and it starts from the top down and you're building it's going to feel a lot harder than if yeah. it comes from teachers and what uh-huh. teachers think are best um, right. Because they're the ones doing the work in the classroom, and you need to honor the um, wisdom and experience you have in your Absolutely. building.
1: I um, did some research on this, and um, Ron Edmonds, and, and it was actually in 1979, he said that... Well, that's nice and classic. Very classic. But I think you will still resonate with it because he says that we find few schools with good, we find few poor schools with good principals, but we don't find any good schools with poor principals. Does that make sense? We find few poor schools with good principals. Mm Mm-hmm but we don't find any good schools with poor principals. And so thinking about that, then I was continuing to read, and uh, Bill McKeever from the California School Leadership Academy says, however, the assumption is that a school principal could single-handedly provide the instructional leadership to Mm. um, propel an entire school towards educational excellence, but we need to rethink that because one person can't can't do that. So the principal is really important, but... We have to have teams.
0: Right. And I think that goes back to, it might be a good time right now to talk about, like, the purpose of your teams. And I will let you guys know, this is my seventh year, and my leadership team has looked different every year. Yeah. And I don't think I knew the intention or purpose of my leadership team when I started I knew I needed to have one (laughs) yes but I wasn't sure what to do with it and I think that's okay you have to figure it out as you
1: go oh yeah and I think that mine's gotten better and better every year um and sometimes some teams outshine and outperform other teams Mm -hmm. just based on what our our initiatives are or where we need to be focused so yeah so what do you think
0: the purpose of a lead team is I know that when I first started, it was more of decision-making and disseminating information. Yes. Um, and decision-making could have ranged from anything from, like, uh, what event are we going to hold after school to we don't like what's happening in the restrooms, let's problem solve yep. that. And, like, I really wanted it to be a problem-solving team, but it didn't feel like we could always get there because we were working so much on, like... Events and tasks, and we're doing a lot more task work, I think, than yes.
1: problem solving. We have done a little bit of both, and so we I break my leadership teams down into three. So I have an instructional, a main three. I have a few others that are outside of it, but I have an instructional leadership team. We break off into reading and math. I have a behavioral leadership team, which is like PBIS because our district is a positive behavior support um, district, and then I also have community and culture, which is kind of that fun stuff. The, that's more of the event planning committee, mm-hmm. and then each of those has a lead, and those leads are a part of what I call my lighthouse team because our district is moving towards leader and me. And so I just named it lighthouse. But that's essentially my lighthouse team is my overarching lead team because they lead all the others.
0: Yeah. And I didn't start there.
1: Um, I did not either. Yeah.
0: I just started kind of a task force approach in the last couple years. I will say when I, when my lead team was a little bit more on like disseminating information, I learned some important lessons that way. Um, I learned that you only get one chance to share your message, and so if you give it to others to share,
1: mm-hmm. sometimes
0: it isn't shared, not by any will will or malintent, but you only get one chance to give your impression of something. And so it's a lot more powerful. If there is something you need to share with your whole staff, share it with your whole staff. Don't share it with a team to go then
1: share. I Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get
0: that. Uh, yeah, so we moved into more of, like, a task force approach in the last couple years. Um, mine look a little different than Christie's, but I have learned in, when we did that that I really had to then coach up my leadership team to really get them comfortable with leading adults because leading adults is so much different than leading kids. Yeah, so we spend time at every lead team meeting Doing um, different activities and um, kind of growing ourselves as leaders, whether it's book studies or different things like that, that help us kind of talk about our own leadership styles and our teams and how those are functioning.
1: Even Bill McKeever, who was from that California School Leadership Academy that I was talking about. Oh, we know Bill McKeever. You you mentioned him five minutes ago. Guys, I have a really (laughs) big thing about making sure that I cite properly. One of the people we cited reached out to us. I know. It was so cool. Shout out to Peg. Um, but anyway, and this is almost for all the research I did because he has literally done like a whole book around just school leadership teams. Like he seems like the guru on it. And so he said that there is a point that you have to start going from a team of learners to a team of leader learners. Uh And so still learning, but you're still, you're leading the learning of the entire building essentially. Yeah,
0: I think that's really great. And I think that in the last couple years, we've tried at my building to really focus on um, moving to – I have task forces that are uh, mostly academic. I have a reading. I have – well, it's more of an ELA um, team. And then I have a math and science. And then I have a kind of culture team. And so what those are doing – Christy's making us take pictures (laughs) while I'm trying to talk. You know I can't focus and smile. Anyways, what I was saying about about those was – What was I saying? Are we going to have to cut this now. (laughs) Your pictures just made me get off track. I won't do that anymore. Here's what I... Another thing I've learned about me from my teams, um, once I've tried to really coach up those teams to make decisions for our building, I had to recognize that I couldn't have already predetermined what those decisions were going to be. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes leaders try to ask questions to get people to the answers that they already know. And that's really... Frustrating for people who you're saying have control over decision making. So, as a principal, if your math team is going to make decisions on what math curriculum, what resources, what consultants you're going to use based on data, then you need to be confident that you've given them all the information they need to make that decision.
1: But also, you need
0: to be okay if that decision is not what you were thinking
1: our best decisions have been bottom up in my opinion in our building so they have started with a teacher or a group of teachers who has found a resource that they wanted to use or or something you know something along those lines right and they have brought it back to our leadership team and we've we've Thought it out and we've um, implemented it based on that.
0: Right. And I think that um, a lot of people don't feel overly comfortable with that because like, obviously we're principals, we have different training, we have different information. So shouldn't we make the final decisions? But I think if you're really going to have shared leadership where your lead team is guiding, then you need to be really specific with them about the information that they have, but also the freedom to use their own expertise.
1: Yeah. I just feel like I do, I do know that I have expertise, um, but I also am humble enough to admit that I have not been in the classroom right. in many years now. Right. And I know that I have staff members who go to different professional developments exactly. through our district, or they do their own professional development on instructional techniques on the weekends or after school. And so I have to trust that they are, that they know what they're doing and they know what they need. Right. I
0: agree. I think that if there's some things that you're unwilling to compromise on, you don't bring those up. Yeah, for that's it, a good point. For shared leadership. Instead, you just ask for feedback on that decision and different ways you could adjust. But I think you just, as a leader, have to have the discernment to know the difference.
1: That's a good point. Thanks. <laughs> the other thing that I researched, same guy, Bill McCoover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He talked about making sure that on your leadership team that the tasks are truly meaningful and that they have to come out of authentic issues and authentic problems, which I feel like we kind of already covered a little bit. Yeah. Um. But when you are addressing those, the environment has to be low of threat or absent of threat. Mm. It still has to be high challenge, high rigor. It has to really challenge you intellectually. And um, So I just thought that part was interesting, too, that... I don't think I've been a part of too many leadership teams in the past that, like, I have, but I haven't. Like, you have definitely remember situations you've been in that were not authentic, that you were planning, I don't know, like, I think planning events outside of a mission is a great example. Mm -hmm. So maybe your school has some sort of a mission or vision and you're planning events that are just tradition and they don't really align with what you're doing, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's that was one thing that was really important about a leadership team.
0: Yeah, and I think that also goes back to when you, when the team knows that the leader of that team already has a result, a destination. They don't really. That's also
1: feels. That yes, that goes back to that point too that you made. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I know that
0: it's always, you know, who's going to be on your lead team is always something that people think about. Yes. When we have twenty seconds left to answer that, Gosh. we just talk too much. What's your scholarly approach? No, it's totally my soul. Okay. Anyways, but my I've done both. I've done where it's invitation. I've yes. done where it's
1: whoever oh, wants to. Mm-hmm.
0: I've had a really big team. I know that there's a lot of research saying smaller is actually um, a little bit stronger because then you can
1: get a little more focused. I find that smaller teams help to actually get work done. Um, when it I probably allows
0: for that honest. The authenticness, safe space. The safe space. And
1: because I do remember when I started in my building, I think that I had like 13 to 16 people on the leadership team. I did too. And so I remember having the meet before we even started the year, before I even really, you know, was on contract. And I was like, whoa, this is like almost all of our certified staff. Yeah. I know this year I had a staff member bring up
0: um, to me about like, hey, have you ever thought about shaking up your lead team? And I think about it every year, obviously, but I didn't know how to really go about that. Um, And so I brought it up to my lead team. I thought it was a really interesting point. We brought it up and we reflected as a lead team of like, do we feel like our voices in the room are representative? Do we feel like, and we ended with the idea that we should be on a rotation, um, that grade levels like a couple of year would be on a rotation and that we would, I would help establish some criteria of what it means to be on lead team. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see how that goes. So sometimes it's great to like, Make sure that you're open to feedback from staff members not on lead team, and then bring that back to make some decisions.
1: Another thing that I was reading um, from Bill McKeever, oh my gosh, I love him so much. <laughs> was, you get your tattoo, was the idea of do you include quote unquote blockers Ooh, on your me. team? And I remember I was in a different district, and we were starting the PBIS journey, and they actually recommended, I believe at the time, that you put. Um, an instigator somewhat, or someone who didn't believe in it on your PBIS team. And so he looked at, do you add blockers to your team? And what he found was that there's actually a difference between a blocker and a skeptic. And a skeptical team member can benefit the team because a skeptic demands that the team think clearly and identify issues that they might, you know, other teams might not consider, um, reflects on a point of view that's different from everyone. And um guys, I'm sorry, that's a Christie's I don't know if you heard that beeping. My child's Tamagotchi. hmm Um that is dying. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Okay. But and so a skeptic can be very helpful on a team. But he says that a blocker seeks control and requires endless attention and they're rarely satisfied. So they almost always uh, impede the progress of the team. So
0: I think you know Christina asked us like, what are some self-assessments? And that feels like a really good self-assessment for your team um, to feel like our does our team have blockers or skeptics? And if you don't have either, like if you don't have skeptics, that might be something to that think might about. be absolutely. But I think clarifying that is really helpful. Yes. Yeah. That was really helpful, Bill McKeever. Is it McKeever? Yes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that, was, that was actually something that um, someone brought up to me recently of, like, do you have people that push against, um, like, the the things that we're planning
1: in our building? And I was like, I
0: think I do. But clarifying the difference between a skeptic and a blocker is really helpful. Yeah.
1: He does have an entire rubric um, for implementation of your school leadership teams. Again, it was just one of the most thorough oh, things that I that? found. Um, I can I if everybody has EBSCO host, um, but it's Nine Lessons of su- Successful School Leadership Teams um, by Bill McKeever and the California School Leadership Academy. Well, we'll
0: figure out how to turn this into a blog or something once we get our free paid unpaid blog writer, and then we'll make <laughs> Our ghost writer. Yes. <laughs> okay, we have exceeded our time. We
1: have, per usual.
0: Per use. We still don't have a cool way to end this pod because we didn't talk about it.
1: I'm not too worried about it. We'll just say bye. Um, okay. <laughs> All right,
0: everyone. I hope the Tamagotchi lives. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye.
1: bye.